Looking fine. Um, yeah. And you know who it is. Your boy Sour coming at you. The voice of power. Cream. I'm Ann. And I'm Onion. Yay! 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 back. Confused if um, Cream was going to rhyme there. Like I was prepared for it. And then he didn't. And I no. said, oh, we're not doing this. And that's why I got <laughs> a giant pause. Because I was almost expecting something. <laughs> Yeah, was yeah, go not cream, supreme or something. Yeah, I cream thought she was supreme. supreme. <laughs> and then they didn't, and I was like, okay. That was a ring. Well, anyway, it. that could work. <laughs> it's sour hour, guys. So let's get it sour going. Hour. Sour hour. Uh, oh, yeah. I would, uh, I would start as we always do with corrections and updates. But uh, I'll be honest, I've had a busy week, and I have not finished editing last episode as of the time of recording. So thank God I don't I'm have not anything. editing these. <laughs> it's not the worst yeah, thing in the world George, but i'm so sorry yeah. about our uh it, it takes our editor george. ps5 um <laughs> like reaction video that we did that took way too long to uh, get mm. out there that was that also was a big video that was a big that was like two, yeah. three hours or something i don't know yeah yeah um we do anyway. thank you guys for seeing that as well Thank you. Thank you. That or if you haven't checked it out, please check it out on the Sour Cream Onion YouTube channel. Uh, awesome. I forgot the exact name because you know, I'm yeah, I'm even good at running my own stuff. <laughs> we someday we may have more interesting stuff up there, more pre-scripted sort of content, but yeah, yeah. or gaming-related stuff too. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Maybe Who knows? we'll have uh, video essays. I don't know. That's the that's the hot new thing right now on YouTube. <laughs> That is, it's been the hot new thing for a while. Sour cream and onion video essays. Everyone's right, going to think their video essays about food. Yeah. Mm. We're going to pull a ratatouille. We're the critic. We're the critic. <laughs> All right, guys. I had Olive Garden macaroons. <laughs> <laughs> Endless breadsticks. Um, let me tell you. Today, I'm going to be reviewing Olive Garden. Uh, what do they even have there? Breadsticks. They have breadsticks. Yeah. It's been so long since I've been to an Olive Garden. They have the chicken nochi, like the gnocchi that's the weird. But the nochi. Yeah, it's spelled with a G, but the G is mm-hmm. weird because it's Italian. You know. Yeah. Have I, you I seen just the say nochi. nochi. Have you seen the YouTube channel Report of the Week? I've not. No. He reviews fast food. Oh that's snap! Fun. It's like super sized. He like dresses up like really. He dresses up really formal and he combs his hair and stuff. And then he goes, today I'm going to be eating the McFeast from McDonald's. They brought this back as a limited, for a limited time. And he like inspects it and stuff and he eats it and he like rates it and stuff. I want to be him. Uh, he's actually really skinny. So I'm guessing he's a very healthy man. But, um, or he has a really good metabolism. Maybe. Yeah. I have pretty good metabolism. Maybe he got lucky with mm-hmm. Anyway. 
Um, we're going to introduce a brand new segment today. Whoa. Whoa All right. Up. Here it Whoa. comes. Zoomers liked this. Welcome to our new segment. We're doing a segment called Zoomers Like This. Huzzah. Oh, yeah. we, we talk about old stuff that, that we reminisce on because we are, in fact, Zoomers, Gen Z. Some of them will be a little more research heavy. Some of them will be a little more reminisce heavy. Today, we're going to be focusing on dubstep. The more music like... genre Deadpool declared dead, which <laughs> I think it pretty much is dead, but I don't yeah. know. It's fun to reminisce on a on a very influential trend that I mean um, shaped sometimes you catch me bumping Skrillex so you know mm-hmm. just saying yeah. so I did, I did a small small bit of research for this one not as much as for probably other zoomers like this segments but basically dubstep it was originally from the late 90s it originated in like southern southern UK I don't remember it was southern UK or southern southern London but mm. it was heavily based on UK Garage, which I do love. But the original dubstep was more funky, groovy type of thing. They had they had some web bases, but it was mostly about the sub frequencies and the the rhythm between the sub bass and the drums. I do mm. like some of it, but I I won't lie if the likes of Digital Mystic doesn't make me burst out laughing whenever I hear those super cheesy web synthesizers. <laughs> as much so, as classic dubstep fans love to rat on brostep or dunk dunk on brostep, I I like brostep a little bit more. Depending on the type of dubstep you're looking at. Not true. I mean like so by the sounds of it, it started out kind of like this underground funk thing and like underground funk movement somewhere in the greater UK kingdom. It was Brexit. like a um, it was like a mashup between like there's a genre called dub and then it was supposed to be like an electronic version dubstep. Mm-hmm. Mm. And uh as far as I'm aware, the genre of dub had a bit more of a uh, influence within reggae. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. And uh as someone who hasn't listened to a lot of reggae, maybe I would understand a bit more about dubstep's beginnings if I listen to more reggae. I don't know. Yeah, yeah I'm not too familiar with that either. Perhaps yeah. some other time on our uh, on our music segment. Oh yeah, but yeah. Or is it I, like this? I remember listening to a lot of bro step back in middle school. Bro step was what I was more into. So that Bro-step. was that was when the likes of Skrillex was huge everywhere. Uh, Monster Cat, Electro, that sort of stuff. Every Minecraft YouTuber had a dubstep. Every dubstep. Minecraft YouTuber. The, just the, the loudest blasting intros. I can remember Onion and I used to be part of a small little group Minecraft channel with like five of us. And we didn't have a dubstep intro, but... The, the quality was just as bad as those dubstep intros. It was <laughs> it was sort of like a chiptune version of I can't even remember the song. Barbara Streisand by yes, Duck Sauce. Bar- yes. Duck Sauce, but, they're like a e- electronic group as far as I'm aware. Yeah. But it was like super blasted, distorted, clipping way over the top. So it was hardly hardly listenable. Mm-hmm. I I remember all those just 
terrible destroy your ears intros. What a what a memory. As Ugh. during that time, my brothers were very much into dubstep and they would blast dubstep in our house. And I feel like I'm one of the I don't think a lot of people have it where dubstep causes them actual headaches. Mm-hmm. But I'm one of the people who get headaches from it, and the, but it was mainly like the blast your ears out kind. Yeah, the bro step. Yeah, it was that that really caused it. It's the kind of things that played when we had like eighth grade dance. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, seventh and eighth grade dance. Those those that those middle school dances. <gasps> middle school dances. Remember those? Oh boy, You're taking early twenty tens. <laughs> Yeah, I want that's come the back whole point of the segment. Where people no. just, they weren't dressed up; they were just standing there, and then dubstep played. Pretty and, much. And there was maybe food outside the gym. There was. That was that was pretty much what I was there for. I was there because they had the big tables full of chips and candy, and I was I was always a chip, more of a chip person. So I I'd mean, be like, yes, all the Doritos, maybe, all the sour you cream also and onion. Did a decent <laughs> amount of dancing. Uh, I did dance. I danced to my heart's content until I was exhausted. <laughs> all right. So compare and contrast. All right. So, I mean, dubstep to mumble rap now, or like mumble rap actually kind of died out now. Wow, man. Oh my goodness. Time for changing. Yeah. What is happening? Wait, Times mumble rap is gone already? Yeah, it's dying. It's I heard like like I know drill is like the off. new hip hop craze right now, like slow tie and stuff like that. But. Mm-hmm. Or uh, Smoke Perp, I think that was the name. The, go- the dude who died. Um, well, then, well, compared to dead genres. Smoke Pop, that's his name, Smoke Pop. Smoke Pop, okay. I'd say dying is a strong term for most genres, but it's certainly not the zeitgeist anymore. Like, rock is dying in terms of popularity, but... But it's not um, dying. Yeah, so mumble rap. Like, who's the, who are the last mumble rappers? I know, um, um, I know Lil Yachty's still doing stuff. Who cares? Um, <laughs> I still. I was say. Wow, that was oh. that was a hot take right there. You just went. I'm gonna end end this man's career. I'm gonna end this man's, whole, end career. This man's whole career. <laughs> <laughs> boom, bam, bop, bada bop, boom, pow. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh. enter oh. the dubstep music. <laughs> <laughs> The yeah. vocal performances turn that <laughs> into a dubstep song. Yeah, that into a dubstep song of official sour cream and onion soundtrack now yeah. on Bandcamp. Uh, not actually on Bandcamp. Onion completely <laughs> anna- annihilating this man's career. <laughs> this can cool. you also add some light effects too? No one's going to see them. Thank you. <laughs> no one's going to see them. There's going to have to be a seizure warning. No one will see them, but there is a seizure warning. Oh man, I just. All right, that kind of brings me to um, brain power, but we're going to go to that later. <laughs> we'll go to that later. Yeah. Oh boy. But I mean, that's practically kind of dub. I think mumble rap is still going on. Um, Migos is still huge. Um, they haven't released a project in a while because Culture Two was like a behemoth of mediocrity. Um. Ugh. Accuracy. You're just dunking yeah. on all, yeah, he's all just, mumble rappers. I'm not a mumble rap guy. Understandable. I'm not either. Yeah, like <laughs> I tried it because it was the zeitgeist for a bit. Um, I started with Gucci Gang, 
And I went, <laughs> it's funny as a joke. I can get why it's popular. Yeah. And then Tentacion came out. He's not a mumble rapper. but And then I went, okay, he's the next big thing. And then emo rap popped up with uh, Post Malone and um, mm-hmm. what's his name? Lil Peep. I think that's his name. Yeah, I think Lil it's Peep. Lil and then Peep died and X died and um, what's his name? And Juice World died. Rip so then rappers. All they, the, they, wait, all, wait, are you saying that they died in like fan base or they actually are? They actually died. Not alive. They're, they're dead. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Rest in pieces. You know, maybe rest in peace. All three of those guys. Maybe my whole rant about how genres don't die was not an apt comparison for this genre in particular. Yeah, this genre <laughs> yes. literally. Dies. If there's any genre that's literally dying, it's does Lil Uzi Vert as emo rap? It really sucks. No, he's no, he's definitely mumble rap. He's just like he just says like dark things, but then goes the death and that. Like, because oh, Eternally cool. Take was one of the biggest it's albums deep. of this year. Yeah. Really? I mean, I don't really keep up too much on um, Mumble Rap. Uzi. I did have a friend who loved him to death, mm. and I was like, I can't, man. Mm. I like it. It like it destroys me on the inside, man. I'd rather go listen to Brain Power by Noma. We gotta get Brain to Noma Power. next. Okay. We, yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to that after this segment. That'll be a first okay. time we start the music. Did we get sidetracked? I'm not saying anything, guys. We don't have to. Uh, yes, the the we were talking about dubstep. <laughs> okay, so now let's actually <laughs> yeah. reminisce about dubstep. What uh, we yes. remember. I was trying to compare and contrast. I gave the two compare and contrast things. Like, all right, which one was the better like rave for the moment? Because like mumble rap, yeah, had its moment. It was really funny, and dubstep definitely had its moment too. I think dubstep. The They're both pretty much jokes. Dubstep was more emblematic of its time. Yes, yeah. just like mumble rap, because mumble rap came around yeah. during the start of pretty much. Uh, the, the Trump administration. Yeah. And no, mm, that is a moment. It was before The then. moments we are living in right now, especially now, are moments of misery and lying down on the floor going, what are we doing? How did we get here? Where's my life? Whereas mm-hmm. dubstep was during the tail end of the Obama administration and everyone was going like, yeah, we're partying and we're Katy Perry it. was huge. <laughs> and... Uh, Shellback was producing literally every pop hit ever. <laughs> and and then we're going, well, we need a party soundtrack. So first, after the Black Eyed Peas completely ruined party soundtracks for everyone, we decided to go, well, darn it, we're going to get it from somewhere else. So we got can, it from dubstep. Can I mm-hmm. make a comment on the mumble rap phase? Please. So. I feel like it was really popular when we were in high school, mumble rap. Yeah. And the issue is that a lot of times, hot take, you can't dance at all to that. Like, there's, you can't dance properly to that. It's not like, you know, the early 2000s or dubstep, you can dance, kind of, you can at least jump or something. But, um... I mean, yeah. Or, um, what's another one where you can dance a lot to, for example, early 2000s, a lot of bops where you can dance, like Hips Don't Lie, a lot of good party jams. Ooh, Shakira. Yeah, Shakira. Mm-hmm. Lady Gaga. Um, but then, with oh, yeah. that during the time of mumble rap is when we were probably around the age of late high school, mm-hmm. I want to say. Mm-hmm. And 
I'm just going to set a scene of the fact that no one was dancing because they didn't know how to dance. And you know how there's I mean, inner Gando. circles at school? Mm-hmm. The inner circle, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And where there's a lot of grinding going on. The mumble rap, people couldn't figure out how to dance to it. So there was no inner circle. They were just standing and looking <laughs> at each other. And it was probably the funniest thing I've ever seen. Like everyone, we, I entered one of our school dances. I forgot which one. I've been to too many. And they were just standing there. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't know how to dance. Me Bumble just hanging out with the snacks. Bumble rap goes hard sometimes. It can. I'd it say can. it's less of it's less of party music. It's and not especially, necessarily party. Especially when it was the big thing, and so all of the popular songs were bumble rap, and you had to keep like several, a few hours of bumble rap to for a, fill out a full high school dance party. And then yeah. you do get like occasional yeah. <laughs> yeah so the thing with the and dump- you weren't really having a beat and people were just like how do we dance yeah, <laughs> yeah so yeah, dubstep those, those were dark times yeah dubstep's whole thing <laughs> need, with soldier boy was to be now as you loud. can dance to soldier boy you know you can dance to soldier boy <laughs> soldier boy <laughs> is a prophet soldier boy yeah is a like if that played if soldier boy played at one of our dances i would have been i would have been dancing so hard <laughs> Soldier Boy, he's like just as influential as like Van Halen was to '80s rock. He's legit, like exactly. Yeah. Like I said, he's a prophet. He's the Isaiah, exactly, or the Malachi of mumble rap. <laughs> <laughs> just remember the Superman that oh, okay. Yeah, su- that's it. Superman, if that played, that- <gasps> we would have been having a good time. The stuff that they were playing at the dance, not having a good time. The world mm-hmm. wasn't ready for Soldier Boy when he came out. Everyone thought his song was literally the worst song ever made. But then later, what? everyone jumped on that Soldier Boy. Those um, just more Soldier Boy songs than just uh, um, you crank There's more, Boy. yeah. <laughs> Soldier Boy's just like there's more good. little pump songs than just Gucci Gang. What's um, is it? Uh, do you guys remember Apple Bottom Jeans? I don't think that's more rap, but that's that's a Flo Rida. That's Flo mm-hmm. Rida. Yeah, remember so he's that. the dude who also did Whistle. Come on mm-hmm. now, Whistle baby, Whistle baby, let me know. That one's I'm not as fun as Apple Bottom Jeans. I'm going to show you how to do it and we'll start real slow. <laughs> it's not, it's, I like how this has not been about dubstep at all. Yeah, <laughs> we just turned into... Well, I guess we're not talking about like, dubstep. Okay, so back on the back on track. The train has gone off course now. We're going to go back on track. On the mm-hmm. track. It's on track now. Um, <laughs> I guess the thing, because we were comparing comparing like how hard uh, dubstep went. So the thing with dubstep, again... During the emblematic of the time period was in, it was going as hard as possible and uh, for as long for the longest period of time. And Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang. Whereas Bumble Rap, I think Bumble Rap was like emblematic again of the times, and that was the the Trump administration. Pretty much was the birth of vibe. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Uh, excuse ever me, since ever since that. the annoying orange got elected. Everyone, check. <laughs> everyone was going, we need vibe music, not loud music, not party music. We need vibe music. 
So that's mm-hmm. why mumble rap yeah. was so Everyone's huge. Gonna vibe. No one was well, dancing to it because we just so wanted a vibe to it. They needed to vibe. This is slow music. You don't want party music. <laughs> we need vibe music. Exactly. Amen. And the thing with, uh, again, like I said, uh, on the mumble rap thing, sometimes mumble rap can go hard. Like, uh, I think of uh, Without Warning by, um, by one of the Migos and 21 Savage. That's one of my favorite mumble rap uh, trap records, because I always thought that went pretty hard for a mumble rap record. But <laughs> dubstep, everything had to go as hard as possible. So your, your uh, Skrillex, when Skrillex tried to go atmospheric, he tried to do that. It was a massive failure. Everyone hated it. Because yeah. he tried to <laughs> do real dubstep. Which was like burial and stuff like that, and everybody went. He he's not allowed to do that. He makes loud party music. So then, when he did his album Recess, which um, I really liked Recess, which Cream was a huge fan of. He put it in yeah. our uh, on middle school videos. Uh, yes, <laughs> when I uh, taught you how to use Blender, and uh, I was not a fan of Recess because I did, thought it didn't go hard enough. Really, I was yeah, I was more of a fan of. Uh, my favorite Skrillex release, I think, is uh, Bangarang. Because oh. a bangin', Bangarang is Banger City. Every uh, song pretty on much. there goes hard. And it's... <clears throat> and I also I think I have to thank Dubstep, Brostep specifically, Yeet. for getting me into loud music. Mm-hmm. Um, because... Akin, when you said... Bangarang, I'm just gonna let you know. I had an auditory hallucination almost of Bangarang going off in my head, and I was like, Bangarang. <laughs> 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 my head just went. Like, my, I got like PTSD war <laughs> Yeah, I was all in on the dubstep. That was my. Yeah, if, if there's anyone who would give you, uh, like, the horrible flashbacks about really loud obnoxious music i could i could see how that would be your family because your brothers play music so loud they're ridiculous they're deaf i'll I'll, like step in the car and i'm like i don't you you actually like physically are shaking from the car because that's how loud it is (laughs) are they trap rap people now that's why i usually do the driving with my own car yeah and it's one of those things where i grew up and they would do that in our house too and i have a very like my um childhood house like is very echoey and loud you can hear everything if someone says something about someone else you can hear it across the room so (laughs) they would blast bangering and you would feel it and you were just like stop (laughs) 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 like i'm just like bangering i feel it in my bones well but (laughs) i'm getting that banger it is a banger though it is a banger. Like, it is good. It, it just, I think it if, was just very loud. If there's there any also, EP for the term banger to come from, bangerang is yeah. the one. Yeah, and actually that bangerang, that came from a quote from the movie Hook, if any of you have seen that. Yes. Yeah, apparently that's like a quote the Lost Boys say, bangerang. I remember seeing the movie, but I don't remember the quote off the that's top of my head. That's wild. Yeah. What? There's a lot that's, of um, weird, like samples and stuff like dubstep was full of a bunch of nerds and we just have to admit that <laughs> yeah scary monsters oh, yeah. and nice sprites um <laughs> centipede um <laughs> centipede was centipede that song by knife party that's a pretty nerdy dubstep song because 
before the drop, it's just like atmospheric synths and just a sample of a, a documentary on centipedes. So while you're listening to it, you're going, that's what a centipede is. <laughs> and it's such a cliche dubstep song that ugh, it works. It, I don't know. It goes hard. It doesn't go hard enough, though. For a dubstep, mm-hmm. for dubstep. So, you, would you say it's too for wholesome onion. because it's a centipede? And it's it like Bill Nye making enough. a dubstep song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I will see that. <laughs> Sometimes I sort of think Bill the Bill Nye, Nye the theme was <laughs> a precursor to dubstep. Honestly, there were parts in Bill Nye where he kind of went off and really loud and hard. Yeah. <laughs> If dubstep came out while he was still making videos, there would have been dubstep in his science videos. There probably yeah. would have. For a fact. Yo, Bill, 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 not. The science Bill, 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 there's Probably. for a fact that I feel like I've seen Because that was definitely also the era of YouTube where you could get away, you could still get popular by making small videos. And so there was a lot more, well, probably not a lot more music sort of viral content, but there is a, there is a lot more popular viral music com- content. There is a lot more visible stuff that you would see on the front page where it's like dubstep this, dubstep Beethoven. Dubstep, yeah. build dubstep remixes also, for literally everything. Yeah. The sheer amount of AMVs that were dubstep is insane for anime. <laughs> and now it seems like the AMV song, the the AMV song is "Believer" by Imagine Dragons, which is a way less inspiring what? song <laughs> than Centipede. Oh, I don't know. I have a beef with yeah, that song. I, I've been off with the AMV until I don't know. I've been listening to obviously. a lot of like. I used to be way into the game of AMVs, like, you know, all the different Cascada AMVs. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. Some every time we touch stuff. Oh, no. That was the theme song (laughs) of my high school. (laughs) I wish that played at my sister's high school for her prom. Like, Cascada played. I wish we could sing every time we touch. <laughs> that we would just be jumping like the whole arm fisting would be like every time we touch we get this feeling <laughs> double arm puppet in the air yeah 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 alright I don't know what the song Cream, is was, that, was it at Cascada where we heard a nightcore version of it in a tropical smoothie yeah it was uh, okay one time story time really quick one time Cream and I went to a tropical smoothie and they were playing Cascada but not actual Cascada but a nightcore Cascada it, it was very, like, 2000s remix sort of thing. Nightcore sort of Cascada in Tropical I don't know what the heck the radio station was that was on there, but it was hilarious. It caught me off guard. Yeah. That was a while yeah. ago. So now that Oh, we... yeah, I forgot to do my very quick story time. Onion okay. mentioned how I, we did some music, middle school music videos with the, the recess stuff. So we had, our school had, okay. like, a new show that we would do on Friday morning. Like we would have legit have full on camera equipment. There was a whole tech setup that I was in charge of for two of the years that I was there. That was a fun time. But was like I made it was like a school like uh, school newscast. Onion taught me Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I taught right, you. Cool. Uh, Onion taught me how to use Blender, some of the most basic stuff. So I just had like 
a very basic acronym faded like fly into the screen and then fly out for the show and i had recess playing in the background of that and we had to use we had like a comp windows computer windows media player we would just play a video on loop whenever we had to transition between live segments because you had to do a whole setup so i would just play that on the computer switch the input to the computer so that everyone would see the transition and recess would just be playing for like a solid 30 seconds before we were able to get people sorted out to do the next segment. I it's a Sonic 06 loading that screen. That you, you get to experience And that my was... brain is, I'm just sitting here shocked <laughs> remembering the dubstep ick thing because I went to the same middle school as you, kind of. I was the preacher of the Recess album. Although the, the only two songs I can really remember now are Recess, Recess and Doompy Poomp. Those were Doompy my favorite Poomp. songs on that album. The only one I can yeah, remember is Ragabomb. Ooh, Ragabomb. I can't even remember that one. It had, yeah. like, yes, the, that, it had a jungle group. such a groove. It had a jungle a group. Groove. It had a jungle yeah. group called uh, the Raga Twins on it. And you know the, that reggae remix that Skrillex did on, uh, on Bangarang? Was it, n yeah. That was in Far Cry 3? I think it was the yeah. same guys. So then it was, uh, had like this reggae Car Caribbean thing. And the drop... It, it wasn't as good as his old stuff, but because it, it was like really buzzy and not satisfying enough. It was like, uh, it sounded like that. And it wasn't, mm -hmm. it wasn't as satisfying, but it was the hardest that album went. And I would say that that was definitely the era where he was more getting into rhythm than bro step, <laughs> which yeah. is basically just the next evolution of dubstep. Speaking of dubstep fading away, what killed dubstep? How did it Brain die? Because usually when a popular trend dies, it's usually when big corporations decide to ape it. And then everyone goes, oh, no, I don't want to be seen as a boomer. <laughs> so <laughs> let's just drop, drop the trend and find the next thing. What killed dubstep? That's a good question. The government? I would say the, the thing that made dubstep less popular was around the era where Porter Robinson came out with Worlds. He then, was very influential. He was very influential. Then the big atmospheric edm became all the rage with like maddion elenium m83 yeah, m83 yeah and honestly that ended up becoming my favorite type of music ever mm. porter robinson is my favorite despite me struggling to have favorites in anything porter <laughs> robinson is my favorite he's can't wait he's for a, the new album the funny thing though is that electronic music sort of faded into faded away from the eyes of the public after that yeah now it's all uh trap producers and stuff uh, even though skrillex and dead mouse and all those and zed and stuff like that who used to make dubstepy songs they're still around today mostly producing for pop artists mm -hmm. like skrillex he produced uh, justin bieber's uh purpose album which i have to admit as, as a not a huge fan of justin bieber the production on that album oh it's so good okay Skrillex. one of the best produced pop albums it has it's very well produced. And uh, Zed, he was on oh, the 30 Seconds to Mars album. <laughs> and uh, he also did... We went over that one last episode. Yeah. And he sort of has a formula, a pop formula. Like, for some reason, the ticking clock is his, like, producer trademark. So literally mm -hmm. every, song, every song he produces is usually at the same tempo. I think 130 BPM the EDM tempo and 
<laughs> it has a ticking clock in it somewhere. So like uh, the middle with uh, Marin Morris or um, Stay by Alessia Cara or some song that she that he did with Katy Perry. They all have the ticking clock in it. Yeah. And it's so weird. That's one of the stranger producer trademarks. But he used to make a ton of dubstep, dubstep-ish songs. Mm-hmm. And it was so and it's it and I think I'm 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 happy for these guys that they're still doing still killing it today. Yeah. Even though they're not like Skrillex isn't making an album anymore. He's still a public figure. He still makes music. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Actually I actually heard that that he's reuniting his uh, post hardcore band that he had before he decided to go EDM with uh, My Name is Skrillex and everything. Oh, that's cool. Uh, my name. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so Dubstep, I think, ended a uh, had a pretty good life, and I think I, actually I have a feeling the moment Dubstep became uncool was when uh, if you've seen the film Deadpool two, if you've seen Deadpool two, there's a moment in there where Deadpool is talking to uh, one of the characters, and he said, "Hey, do you remember Dubstep? Is Dubstep in the future?" And it plays Bangarang during the <laughs> a fight that they have. And then, and then everyone collectively went, yeah, that was kind of silly. <laughs> and then that's the moment Dubstep died. Probably. Definitively died. Porter right, Robinson so had a shotgun blast to the chest. <laughs> Deadpool put a sword through its face. Mm-hmm. And that's how we get our explicit rating <laughs> for our podcast. <laughs> but I um, tear for Porter Robinson. Uh, Porter Robinson, the murderer of dubstep, and uh, <laughs> Deadpool is simply an accomplice. And <laughs> really, really excited for the new Porter album, if it comes yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever it comes out. If it he comes said out. He, had, oh, yeah. he had put it on hold when the whole virus thing happened. I guess he can't, the whole he can't virus tour. thing started. Can't yeah. But he has said that he's continued to work on it and mm-hmm. recently released a DJ Not Porter Robinson remix. Hmm. I didn't think he'd bring that joke back. He did, if you all want to check out a, more, like, reviews. It was a joke he did once for, uh... It was, like, an anime DJ set in Japan where oh. he did a performance as DJ Not Porter Robinson in, like, 2018. And then he did a remix of Get Your Wish as DJ Not Porter Robinson. Oh, get Your Wish Which is I should clarify singer. is not Porter... Uh, obviously not Porter Robinson. Since he's, he's such just, a great single. He's just a lookalike who sounds exactly like him and produces the same music. There you go. All right, so final, <laughs> final rating on Dubstep. Was it Stash or was it Trash? I think it's Stash. 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 Yeah, two Stashes. You already you, know my take. <laughs> trash. Um, <laughs> I'm the one Trash. All right, and I say it's pretty stash because it still has a special place in my heart. Um, a little mm-hmm. bit of nostalgia, but also there was really some nice bangers and dubstep. There I were bangers. Yeah. So that's my inspiration to get into sound design. So overall, uh, introduce to me to loud music. Dubstep yeah. is dash. Now moving on, um, something that's been on my brain. It's just a. Uh, it's really been on my brain. It's brain power by Noma. Brain power. It's really addicting. What a jam. I actually couldn't go to sleep for like a half a week without listening to that song for some sort of reason. So that might have been a problem. 
Oh, I can relate to that. I just like I had to watch when I first the, heard it. and I had to watch the lyric video too. Like I was like, I have to watch it. Like, Are you ready? <laughs> I'm like, I'm like losing my mind, but at the same time, like this brings so much peace. <laughs> my goodness. All right, so it's very much like good thing we talked about dubstep beforehand because brain power. I feel like is. It's definitely just dubstep. It's just like crazy non sequiturs placed in the like song with some like with some really funky nice beats, which I was digging. Uh, a lot of synth, a lot of <laughs> a couple wubs in there. <laughs> in the halfway point where he just we should he's clarify just go uh, like Big EDM bro step as opposed to original classic dubstep. Yeah, it, this is def this is definitely has a mix of like a lot. This <laughs> is all, all electronic. I don't understand all the terms. All I know is that it was banging. And I was banging to it. <laughs> like, if you just saw me five seconds ago, I was about to, like, about to lose my stuff, just banging my head. <laughs> so, yeah, just yeah. pray for me. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the, the video I used to watch a lot for Brain Power. There was, there was like a popular video with millions of views, but that wasn't the one I watched with Brain Power. The one I watched with Brain Power was by this small YouTuber called Hekia. Who yeah. just a guy with a lot of hair who does very heavily edited dance oh videos goodness. where he just does silly little dances, but they're they're cut together in a way that makes them very funny. And there's a lot of like color editing and stuff like that, depending on what era of heck yeah you're looking at. But he had a very funny song for that <laughs> that will will give you a seizure. It doesn't matter who you are, you will get a seizure from that video. A little chuckle. I love it. It's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. yeah shout out to heck yeah um sour is that you um no i'm just kidding um so yeah like, <laughs> a lot of hair i mean like he might be my cousin i didn't even know heck yeah um heck yeah heck yeah heck, yeah. heck no so ah uh, my goodness where do we start with this song uh uh don't do um something about cocaine don't you try it don't you try it um make sure you guys don't you that. try it don't, don't you try it oh i did want to mention uh there was a whole thing with heck yeah because all of his videos were just the music and he has this whole dance thing over it his channel was able to be taken down really quickly with all of his dance videos so now oh. his channel is nick ben fanning and all of them are re-uploaded so they're not the original dates they're all now it's all like a year ago and six months ago, as opposed to like nine years ago when they were originally made. But that mm. Nick Ben Fanning is the channel now. Mm. Nice. If you want to look that up. Um, if ne if heck yeah, it's still a username out there. Um, you know your boy's gonna take it. Um, <laughs> anyway, sorry off of that. Um, brain power. Love. I love that song. For me, it's a stash. You guys should check that out. Um, um, it's. If you really like EDM stuff like that, like um, you're really into that dubstep segment that we didn't barely talk for dubstep for about like fifty percent of the time, um, you definitely love uh, brain power, um, or atmospheric EDM, Porter Robinson stuff. Like it's, it's that's it's clapping. Mm, yes. Um, these, um, I have to thank uh, Cream and Onion for getting me into that because I was like, oh snap, I've been missing out. Yeah, <laughs> we'd mentioned it in onion. episode four, I believe that that was your assignment. We yeah, finally got into it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I forgot too so alright I'm gonna finish up the music segment I'm gonna, I'm gonna be quick with this one but I did have some albums uh, I had some artists that I wanted to talk about 
that I did mention last time. Uh, so I was listening to a bunch of music from Taiwan because uh, I'm I'm trying to get more into foreign music. I listened to a lot of it already, but I want to listen to more diverse foreign music that isn't already that I don't already know is to my taste. So mm. I found one from. I don't actually know where I found this first one, but this is a. He's not Taiwanese, actually. He's Chinese, but he's a folk singer named Deng Ye Song. Uh, you won't. It may be a little bit hard to find his stuff, but it is on Spotify. It's got like a red album cover with a little cute picture uh, in the center with like a. It looks like a father and son, little child. It's mostly lovely, calming yeah. songs. He has one album from 2013 up on there. If you actually look up his name, Deng Ye Song, you'll find. He has more recent stuff on there, but his name in Chinese is the the account that this album is on. But yeah, he has there's a couple duets with like acoustic guitar and I can't tell if it's a cello or viola. It might be I I assume it's a cello playing higher up, but I'm not super familiar with stringed instruments. Hmm. But there's a there's a wonderful mix between these calming pieces and a couple more fun upbeat songs where you can just tell they're having a a jam it's like the sixth song there's this guy singing super high in the background how high he was singing was you could tell he could handle it it was comfortable enough for him but he's just having a blast but when it gets to that part you you really hear the struggle and then he's just like dying coughing while while the song calms down (laughs) after that second chorus (laughs) Uh, I, i recommend listening to it if you can if you can find it, the there's one there is one title uh, in, in one of the songs does have an English title. The problem is it's intro, and there's so many other albums that have this a song called intro, and also it's the last song on the album for some reason. I've noticed that with a couple different of these albums that I've been looking at, uh, but I might put a link to I'll put a link to it in our. Sour Cream and Onion blog, and I'll yeah. probably throw a link to that in the description of this episode. So yeah, hopefully you'll be thinking. able to find it and listen to it. And maybe if but, we find it, maybe get on you put it up on YouTube. So it's very it's mm-hmm. probably not up. put it on our channel. Well, yeah, I was oh. listening to some of him a couple weeks ago, and then I was recommended by Spotify. I was looking at the recommended like similar artists, and I ended up uh, finding a band called Fragile Girls from who are from Taiwan. It's not really similar because Deng Yi Song does like chill folk music, but uh, Fragile Girls just like generally chill mix of electronic and like a jazzy, rocky sort of instrumentation. They they do yeah more more electronic sort of stuff. Like there's their album some pop songs to listen to when you're sad. That's their 2017 album. It's not actually in English. That's a translated title. That's the only one of these things I've actually translated because I don't know this. I don't know this language, and I can't it's have a, a hard time. <laughs> Spotify does not like audience. you copying and pasting text from Spotify. It's a very yeah. difficult process. Uh, oh, right. But some pop songs to listen to when you're sad. Very nice album. They they got a very uh, obvious '80s fl- influence on their opening track. That's not really present through the rest of the album, but the rest of it's. Uh, Chill, relaxing, but head-bopping groove. 
electronic lo-fi sort of aesthetic. Nice reverb heavy atmosphere, really luscious chords. Uh, track four has this really beautiful atmosphere about two minutes in. But yeah, the intro I would say is a little bit out, out of place, but it's groovy. Track two okay. uh, was probably my least favorite the first time around, but it's growing on me. I would, I would recommend a listen. They also have a couple more EPs. It's one from 2017, one from 2019. Both are very good. I think they, they also had like a... There was also an EP, I think, from 2020. That one was also very, very danceable, very atmospheric. Um, there was also... Okay. After that, I was, I was looking into them for this segment, and I found out their lead singer formerly had a project known as IGU Band, <clears throat> also from Taiwan, obviously. Their name is also in Taiwanese, so it's, they can also be hard to look up. All the links to all these bands will probably be on whatever blog post we end up doing. But they had, a, they had an album from 2014 that I listened to. Overall, I'd say uh, they're, they're more rocky in style. Some of their songs reminded me of like Muse, but I wouldn't say that's necessarily their style. I'd say it can be a little bit vanilla rock at times, but vanilla is in fact a flavor, and I enjoy that flavor, and it's a better flavor than chocolate. Yeah, hot five, brother, hot five. Hot take. Main singer, he's got a the the main singer guy. I don't remember his name, but he has a very good voice. His voice can be very powerful, even if the mixing doesn't always sell it. Mm. Some of my favorite songs from the. Oh, their album from 2014. Uh, I can't read can the I title. Stop you there? I yeah. must know. Is this a stash or trash rating? Because by the sounds of it, you're giving a lot of praise, so it sounds like a stash. But I just want to make sure. I would say and it's a stash. Yes, it's definitely a stash. On a um, on a on a scale of stash to trash, it's a stash. Yeah. So like, what there's level only two of stash, options. Though? Yeah. Well, I mean, all right. We'll, all right. Well, stash, I think it's a, trash it's or a good album. Mash. <laughs> Mash. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, almost... That's still not very much options, but I'd, I'd still say Stash. It's a good album. Uh, some of my favorite songs were the, the intro. It's got a very fun, rock, cool synths, atmospheric start. The third song had some interesting textures with the electric piano and bass, some cool arp synths. Uh, I remember song four was a very fun song. Song six, this is the one that's easiest to look up, is Yes, I'm In Love. Uh, and as I heard this one, it's a very nice, more folky sort of thing. It's got a groovy guitar. They have they have a music video based on The Walking Dead with that song in it. Hmm. Uh, it's a catchy, minimal composition. There's, they've got a cheesy key change, but it's fun. It's fun. And the seventh song, good synth, groovy, danceable. It, it seems like it has a Spanish influence almost. I can't remember what genre name, but right now the. This was the one that the chorus reminded me of Muse. Uh, there's some, there's some very good stuff on this album. Awesome. I, well, I was also remembering track nine that had a very good groovy drum beat during the verses. Uh, they had an album from 20, 2013 that I also liked. There, there's some good songs on there. There, there are a couple songs that aren't. They don't have that many songs. There's like three albums. I listened to two of them. Um, what type of um, um, genre would you I also had some in? singles on like an album called Street Voice, which I might look into, which oh. seems like it just features a bunch of different Taiwanese artists. Okay. I thought that was cool. Yeah. What type of um, genre would you say like all these, most of these songs are kind of under? 
Uh, for IGU band, I would say, I don't even know if I'm, I'm pronouncing that right, but I would say they're, they're more in the, the rock genre, as broad and uh, unhelpful a term as that is. <laughs> I mean, hey, uh, I know where to start then. <laughs> you looking for some rock, guys. IGU band. You, you, you know where to start. Um, the last one I wanted to talk about was Gigantic Roar. They have some really, fun, really, really fun songs. They, they're, uh, the album I listened to was Ain't Got Nothing But Time. It's fun. It's funky. It's like rock pop. Uh, it's definitely got more, more of that blues rock sort of influence to it. Ooh, I like mm. blues rock. Yes, it's, it's something that you can really jam out to. It's, it's a, a lot more fun music than the, the other ones I was listening to. Not that the other ones are bad. I do love the other albums that I've talked about here. But, but these songs are, are the ones that you are like, this is happy jam time. Uh, there's one song called Captain Psy. That's, that's one of my favorites. I, I have a feeling they were hungry when they wrote it because a, lot of, a, a few of the song titles have food in the name. There's Pork You, American Fast Food, Mommy, I Want to Eat Meat. I don't oh. know why they have... They actually that have... sounds like Psycho Stick. Yeah, or it sounds like a Doom. Sounds like Psycho like Stick Doom. titles. Exactly. They do. Oh my goodness. <laughs> they actually Doom? have uh, English translations Doom. for all the oh. titles, which is nice on Spotify. Nice. Just to all reach right. out to a bigger audience, I suspect. Yeah. So is that mm-hmm. more poppy, or is it still in kind of somewhere in the broad rock? Uh, it's still in the broad rock genre, but it's more. It's got more like funk and blues influence. It's much more upbeat sort of stuff. All right. Funk's maybe not necessarily the right term. It's funky, but it's not necessarily funk or jazz uh, influence. If you want to get that, you might, might want to look more into a band like Space Cake. I don't know. Whoa. They're either Chinese or Taiwanese. I don't know which, but I also recommend them. I didn't listen to one of their albums uh, recently for this podcast, but I do recommend Space Cake. They have a very good album. I mean, it has a great name. Uh, it already got me. <laughs> pretty much all of Gigantic Roar's stuff is great. I recommend going to listen to it. They have a couple. They have an EP, a couple demo singles. Uh, the demo singles, they are demos. They've got some rough mixing. The first demo especially. But I think the rough mixing really fits the song that they have on that first demo, at least. Mm. But yeah. I recommend getting into all sorts of different uh, music that you might not be familiar with bunch of there's a there's a few artists you can go look into from taiwan i recommend all of them interesting well thank you so much for that really broad and really nice uh, segment there cream <laughs> i did i did mean to talk about dong song last because of his folk influence but i ended up going in chronological order of when i found him but hmm. speaking of folk songs there's this one song called uh, Country Roads, and recently <laughs> we watched a movie, Country Roads by Studio Ghibli. Country Roads, take, take me home. That's not very Country Roads. So, the film's called Whisper I of the Heart. Yeah, so Whisper of the Heart. What a, what a cute movie. What an oh adorable film. Oh my goodness. god. So, um, that was an adorable film. I do... I used to think that, um, again, what was uh, the wind rises? 
was the most grounded of the Ghibli films that I've seen. This is even more grounded than that, for the most part. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Aside from the dream sequences and stuff, um, well, dream sequences, it's, uh, it's definitely a lot more like if it's one more of those uh, slice of life Ghibli films like Kiki or uh, Totoro. And yeah. um, at first I thought it was going to be like a you've got mail or shop around the corner type thing because the the main character, she kept seeing um, this na- the name of this boy inside mm-hmm. uh, the books that she checks out all the time. And she goes, mm-hmm. I really hope I don't meet this guy. And then she starts having feelings for that guy. And she doesn't know her, his name. Mm-hmm. And then they found Seiji out. Seiji Amasawa. Seiji Amasawa. Seiji Amasawa. Shizuru. Yeah, Shizuru. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but then it sort of divulged into like a really adorable little uh, puppy love story. <laughs> It's just so heartwarming. It's so heartwarming it. and what cozy. I it's like a warm fire. Love... Okay, the dog the dog is going off right now. I think Peter's the closest to my dog's name. We we call him Peter Bunet sometimes just for Peter fun. Peter Bunet just yeah. loves to talk. He wants to be part of the podcast. He does. Oh yeah. Um Whisper of the Heart. It was a pretty good movie. Um I still have a a little bit of nostalgia for it. Um I did not was not able to watch it this week due to my schedule, but I do remember some very important parts in the movie. And I think one of my favorite scenes, plus both memorable for me, even as a kid, is when they're um, they're seeing Country Roads in the basement and they have like the little mini band thing going on. Unless that's the wrong oh, movie. Yeah. Oh, that is the right movie. Yay! And so <laughs> trying to remember correctly. Um it yeah. was a very wholesome scene and plus like I just really like music. I think um that just really like t- touched me, especially younger me. Um, if I watch it now, I'd probably get a different feeling for it, but I haven't watched it, so that's the most insight you can get out of me. <laughs> we we um, might have a small segment so, next time. So um, basically, I had watched originally Whisper of the Heart when I was way younger, probably around the age of seven. Mm, However, when I got older, um, I want to say high school, I rewatched Whisper of the Heart, and it became basically my favorite studio ghibli movie and i think what made me really fall in love with this movie was because yes it was it is a romance movie however the main focus of the movie is actually shizuo's like confidence in herself mm-hmm. and just discovering herself because she's going through this period of time as an artist because she's a, trying to become a writer as an artist where she doesn't know who she is and she's going through the thing where you have to fail in order to succeed. And that's a very scary time. And she has these feelings because she's in love with someone who is extremely talented and she feels insecure in the sense of like, well, I can't be nothing next to him. And like, I think that's a, beautiful thing where she wants this whole self-fulfillment where she has to be whole Mm -hmm. and i kind of connected to that and because i myself am an artist and then cream over here is also a musical artist Mm -hmm. so it i kind of related to that where you're the need to like actually be your own person and be like no i also have to be good like and then just the constant fear of not knowing 
And she's, um, she's actually at the top point of this movie 15 years old. So that is definitely the peak of adolescence where you're trying to figure out yourself, which I thought was extremely fitting to like her feelings that were going on in it of not knowing. And there's this quote that is actually one of my most favorite quotes of all time. It's really long. It's a bit long, but what the grandfather tells Shizuro when she is feeling these doubt in herself to become a writer and trying to figure out who she is. And I'm just going to read it. And it's when he shows her a geode. And I feel like it's the perfect definition what you want to tell a young artist. It's, it's a special kind of rock called a geode. Hold it close to your eye and look inside. Those crystals are called barrel. These are pieces of raw emeralds deep inside them. Emeralds are worth a lot of money, but they need to be cut and polished first. When you first become an artist, you're like that rock. You're in a raw, natural state with hidden gems inside. You need to dig deep and find the emeralds tucked away inside you. And that's just the beginning. Once you've found your gems, you have to polish them. It takes a lot of hard work. Oh, and there's the tricky part. Look at that crack in the geode. You see the big green crystal there? You could spend years polishing that and, it's, and it wouldn't be worth much at all. The smaller crystals are much more valuable and they may be even some even deeper inside that you can, can't see. <laughs> and I just remember hearing that as a child. And I was like, like what the is? idea or the metaphor that artists are like geodes was most beautiful thing to me and i feel like it caused me to be more um i would like to say connected to the character and we cream and i actually were trying to figure out why country roads was in this movie and it we found out the answer we found the answer we discovered the country roads what it is is like it was through a polygon Mm -hmm. well it's a polygon article analyzing the themes of it so it, it's why it makes th- sense thematically rather than a historical uh, recollection of why they chose this to add the song to the movie from the people and the reason why is the essence of country roads is about belonging to a place and shizuro was having difficulty with the song country roads because country roads doesn't fit to Tokyo at all, and they made a parody about it in Concrete Roads. However, what she does is in order, she creates with the poetry, edits the song to get the essence of Country Roads, which is about belonging. And the whole movie is about Shizuo trying to find out where she's, she belongs and who she is as a person. It's not the place, it is belonging in the sense of being. And that's where you get like, her singing country roads in the basement is where she finally gets the feeling of like she actually belongs. And I think that's really beautiful. This is side note. And I'm like, wow, this is so metaphorical. Wow, country roads. But I've got to say, when you haven't seen the movie yet, um, and the, the very <laughs> beginning of the movie, you hit play, and the very first thing is the, the cityscape roads. of Tokyo fades in. And there's this and Olivia, ethereal Olivia version of Country Roads by Olivia Newton-John, where there's this <laughs> choir with a ton of reverb on it singing a very dramatic version of Country Roads. And it makes me crack up every if time. Every country, as thematically appropriate as it is. Country Roads is such a meme now that hearing it in the song is just distracting at that point. <laughs> 
and yeah. uh, like it makes sense thematically, like as you mm-hmm. as these two have explained very well. But when I was watching it for the first time with my sister, who the f- keep forgetting the main character's name, um, Shizuku. 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 Yeah. I thought that was her Shizuki. friend's name. No, no, no. That's not her friend. It's Shizuku. No. Shizuku. Uh, she, she reminded it's me a lot. It's because I can of, remember the mom being like, Shizuku! Shizuku! Oh, yeah. Sounds Shizuku about the reminded me a lot of my, uh, of my sister, since they sort of had a very similar trajectory. But um, when we were watching it together and we heard Take Me Home Country Roads, the first thing that comes out of the film, we, went, we were just cracking up. Like, <laughs> yeah, we know you yeah. can't laugh. <laughs> yeah. It's such a meme now. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But... And I do also have to say the romance is really well done in that Mm -hmm. in the sense of there's this really pretty scene where it's the end of the movie where um, it's Seiji and Shizuku going up this hill. Mm -hmm. And he was like, no, you have to see I made this goal that I'm going to carry you up this hill all by myself and I'm going to do it. This was a goal of mine. And then she says to him, well, that's dumb. She's like, I'm here. Why would I be a dead weight? And then she's like, I, if I'm here, I'm going to help you. And I'm going to help you push up this hill. And I thought that was like a really good representation of a healthy relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, like how you get it where you're like, no, you can't just be doing all the work. I need to be working here and being mm-hmm. my own person. Yeah. Working with yeah. you. Yeah. It was also kind of cool seeing some of the... Yeah, some of the subtitles we have on the DVD collection that Anne has, um, they have subtitles that are more of a translation of the Japanese version, whereas like the Disney dub is more of a localization. Uh, I, I didn't s- switch the options, but it, it was just on subtitles by default, so I yeah. just left them on. But there are some very funny moments. Some of the environmentalism is actually a lot more present in the Japanese dialogue, uh, as I could tell from the translation. But there's also some very funny lines, like when she finds out Seiji is the, the guy Seiji. She, she hated uh, at the beginning of the movie. She's like, this is terrible. This is like a nightmare in the localization. But the translation was like... I've been buried and- in the ground first, and now the sky is falling. <laughs> I went, oh. and I'm like, oh, oh my gosh, you destroyed. Just, you just got to destroy Seiji right there, and then Seiji's just like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> He's like, what did I do? But like, can I also say, what a hopeless re- romantic Seiji Amasawa. He was like, I tried sitting next to you and you wouldn't notice me. He's just like, so because all you were doing, all you ever did was read. So then I said, I just have to check out all the books before you. (laughs) (laughs) All the books. So you would know my name. I can't believe I didn't think of it first. (laughs) (laughs) And when he tells her this, she's so shocked. She's like. But you could see a look in her face where she, part of her was like, I knew it. <laughs> this, this isn't normal. Why did you check out all the books? <laughs> Overall, what a very, very cute movie. Very, very stash. Cute. I love and it. And correct me if I'm wrong. 
um, The Cat Returns is a direct-to-video sequel to yeah. <laughs> much, to yeah. Whispers of the Heart. I have yeah. not seen it yet. Because it's the Baron is back. However, the art style is completely different. It and is there is no different. country roads. No country roads. Mm. All right, you already lost me. <laughs> um, however, the Baron is the main character, one of the main characters in that movie. But however, it's kind of weird because. So this is a side note. I actually saw The Cat Returns before I saw Whisper of the Heart. So mm. all out of order, but I'm not going to deny out of cats. The Baron is a very romantic cat. Like, I'm like, what? You just swept everyone off their feet, Baron. A, what the heck? He's an absolute Chad. That's what he's Baron so is. charming. He's so Chad. charming. He's voiced by Carrie Elways in the dub. Uh, yeah, he is. It's beautiful. And then in the um, in the Cat Returns, the main character is wait, who's Anne the, Hathaway? Anne Hathaway, yeah. Very young Anne Hathaway. Fun, yeah. And uh, well, Ashley Tisdale was in Whisper of the Heart. She was a friend. Side oh. note. Interesting. Hmm. I know also, um, I watched this film on HBO Max because apparently DirecTV people get it for free. Which, what? That's cool. <laughs> That's pretty darn oh. cool. And oh, uh, I'm like a DirecTV now. <laughs> Hold on. Sign and it's, I'll say this. I just found out that pretty much every streaming app on the PlayStation 4 sucks because mm. it's super slow. Sounds about But right. if you do it on like a Chrome stick or Apple TV, then it's really nice. Really good interface. Um, I honestly wish you could, uh, there is more anime on it because the only things that interest me there are the Ghibli films and the Cartoon Network shows. That shows how mm. limited my taste is. But, um, <laughs> it's <laughs> HBO Max it's pretty cool I don't know maybe I'll binge Rick and Morty one day <laughs> uh, maybe maybe yeah dude well, Rick when and Morty is some great stuff get, definitely give your opinion if you like watch that series through and then be like alright I thought the thought. Steven Universe fans were freaking scary no the Rick and Morty fans apparently they have like yeah. a, they're like an army they or break yeah. into McDonald's they break into McDonald's and dance they on the tormented your home Mm-hmm. They uh ridicule smart, yeah. your uh IQ. Exactly, there you go. You gotta have um, a pretty high IQ to understand Rick and Mort. <laughs> That's one of my favorite <laughs> copy pastas. Anyway, uh, so Whispers of the Heart, quote. really great film, would recommend it. <laughs> yeah. Definitely Coming up next, a stash. Um, I think we film. should Yeah, very de- yeah. definitely stash. So then yeah, for yeah, the next film there. for the next film, because um Cream sort of has taken a break on films as of late. Um, despite the fact, despite sex, it's where he said, "Oh, I'm, I, I can't watch any more movies," even though we forced him to watch movies. <laughs> I, I ended still. up watching <laughs> Whisper of the Hearts because I love it so much. Okay, yeah. the next film we're going to get, um, uh, we're going to force Cream to back to. Yeah, getting back to forcing me to watch movies again. Oh yeah, yeah, we're definitely going to force you to watch a movie, but I think it should definitely be one a little more decisive. Ooh, okay. I feel. Something a little more, yeah. So like, you can actually kind of form like if it was a good or bad opinion. So we actually got a stash and trash recommendation out. Um, so a little more decisive. Do you think you have a movie in mind then? Oh uh, yeah, could... we have it right here. We're we're thinking. Uh, who framed oh. Roger Rabbit? <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yep. I have not uh, seen this movie yet. 
Who Framed Roger Rabbit is a very uh, technically impressive film directed by the same dude who did Back to the Future. Yes. And Frame yes. oh. um, has also not seen nope. Back to the Future. That is next. That is next on the list after Roger and- Rabbit because that is a cardinal <laughs> sin. <laughs> I own Back to the Future also, so I can easily force him to. Awesome. I don't own Back also, to the Future on DVD. I only catch it on TV. But knowing Cream, that can be really decisive on Stash or Trash. So I yeah. can wait for that. Yeah. All right. Classic film. So, but Roger Rabbit, very technically impressive film. And uh, it blew my mind as a kid because of how, mm-hmm. uh, how edgy it was for a uh, PG rated film with cartoon <laughs> characters. It's not even PG. And. <laughs> Um. Yeah, really good. Uh, that that's a really good film as well. Um, it actually came up because we were talking about um, we were talking about Space Jam. I haven't seen that. <laughs> yeah, he hasn't and seen Space Jam. I haven't I seen saying, Space Jam either. I haven't. I haven't really seen any of those old uh, that era of mixing cartoon with live action. Live action that happened with a bunch of Looney Tunes films. Oh. But I haven't. So seen... you haven't seen Alvin the Chipmunks and the Smurfs. Oh no no no! Not I've those. Seen those are, those are I've seen both of those. That's not a mix of two D animation and live action. Well, it's it a mix is. of cartoon and and live action, and those things can. Um, I have very dark feelings about those no, two the, films. The Alvin and the Chipmunks but, movie, no. Oh yeah, yeah. Don't see that. We might force you to watch it because we have to watch a bad movie one one of these days. One of these, <laughs> the original. And uh, idea of this segment was originally to pick bad movies and make fun of them, but I'm very much enjoying uh, learning about more about the the good parts of the art form of making movies because I'm yeah. not yeah I'm not super exposed to it. I have a feeling it was the the new Star Wars trilogy that immediately made Cream hate movies. <laughs> <laughs> no, like we Last Jedi is yeah. underrated. <laughs> All right. So anyway, now we just oh, wait. To, we I did want to, to mention uh, okay. we were talking about Space Jam because we were getting confused. There was like a Costco magazine with something about LeBron James, and so I was, I was like, "Is LeBron James the one in Space Jam?" No, it's actually Michael Jordan. LeBron James is in the space, upcoming Space Jam Two that's coming out in twenty twenty one. So postpone because the everyone's going to be confused. Why not Those both? because <laughs> michael jordan was like no i'm not doing a space jam 2 that's why it's lebron james there you go wow wow my my history knowledge on space jam is so more expansive than my knowledge on space jam <laughs> <laughs> the background knowledge is more expensive than the actual knowledge you know what i'm saying all right that's definitely one we gotta watch we're starting off like a baby we're feeding you that formula at first all the good movies and we started we're starting to move on to a little more decisive stuff and then we're definitely when do we move on to the room (laughs) yeah i haven't even seen the room fully i've seen parts (laughs) thanks you're my favorite customer (laughs) 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 oh there's so many good quotes from that movie oh my god yeah that's definitely one that's a must watch (laughs) uh i have a feeling we should watch uh for the first bad movie we should do uh battlefield earth oh that's a good one too i heard a lot or league of extraordinary gentlemen that was uh, that, okay. League of the Extraordinary Gentleman. I actually like. It's bad, but it's good. That is a guilty pleasure of mine. Oh, it's, it's a guilty like, pleasure. My old Sonic oh. fan comic I made back in middle school was based <laughs> off that movie. I 
I barely remember it, but I do remember when I was I was reading your comic, I got interested in and uh, at one point when we were hanging out, you or uh, another friend of ours uh, forced me to watch it. Uh, it's just mindless action, but it's but it's great mindless action. But anyway, next film is Who Framed Roger Rabbit. <laughs> what time is it? One hour and fourteen minutes into the podcast. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's what time it is. Pick the mic. So, <laughs> what time is it? It's game time. We can we can talk about the the small bit I played with Onion. We played a tiny bit of Halo Reach, the, yeah, the campaign together. We did the, the co-op through the Master Chief Collection. Yeah. Okay, so uh, get your nails ready. Get your crucifixes ready. Um, <laughs> get your. Uh, Whips ready. Get uh, crown of thorns. Get them ready because I have a feeling I would have enjoyed it a lot more if I grew up with Halo and owned an Xbox mm-hmm. as a kid because I was a Nintendo kid and my big thing with first person shooters, the thing that got me into FPS games, were like the very fast paced old school nineties stuff like uh Doom yeah. and and Shadow Warrior, Painkiller, um Wolfenstein, those are my FPS games. I, those are my favorite FPS games. In a in a certain extent, maybe Overwatch, mostly because of the stylized look of it. But I have a once we talk about Overwatch, I'm gonna get all uh, melancholy about it. But it's on the list. It's on the list. And Halo Reach, it's fine. It's technically impressive. Like for a game that came out during the 360 era, it's really impressive looking. The lip syncing's really good um, when it's not lagging in the audio department. Um, <laughs> and um, the sound design's great. And, um, well, when, I, when I'm talking about one aspect of the sound design, I'm trying to come up with more things I liked about it. Okay. Um, that's, that's very foreboding right there. Yeah, I think that's basically it. But everything else, <laughs> everything else I, I sort of thought... I guess this is just not for me because it feels really slow. Like for, uh, I can, I know why I know why it's slow. It's because it was made for a console and console shooters. You traditionally pretty slow feeling. And it wasn't until later when doom and Wolf and Wolfenstein and overwatch came out that FPS games, as I had to pick up the pace, made you have and call of duty made you like, pick up the pace and allowed you to run faster and stuff. And you didn't have a stamina mm-hmm. meter to deal with. And, um, uh, thank God I don't play outlast. And it just, it felt really slow. The, the weapons, they had good sound effects, but most of the enemies were bullet sponges, like the giant brutes with the shields that threw out like exploding slime or whatever. Mm-hmm. Those guys are super annoying. I don't know if it's just the co-op balancing, but these are guys that if you you're just using the default gun, you could shoot like a full load straight into them. Direct hit. Your cursor is on them and they will not die. You have to reload, continue shooting them. It's just such a slog. Even with the shotgun. Even with the The shotgun. The shotgun, which is supposed to be the most satisfying weapon in the whole game. Good sound feels design. like 
feels like you're firing Nerf bullets. Not even Nerf bullets. <laughs> you're like fire, firing uh, uh, jelly beads at the massive <laughs> enemies. And uh. that was really odd feeling. The sound mm-hmm. effects, the sound effect and the animation made the shot- shotgun seem powerful. And I was excited when I got it because I went, yay, some action. And then it just felt weak, which is really underwhelming. Um, and the other thing that I was sort of disappointed by was um, the soundtrack. Halo is known for its soundtrack. Its main theme is an iconic piece of game music. I don't know. Everything about it just felt... Everything about like the battle themes and stuff just didn't seem all that memorable to me. Mm. Like I'm used to uh, Yoko Shimamura or Nobuo Uematsu. Mick Gordon, those are my favorite game composers, and they're they're all about catchy melodies and uh, or really experimental production and or feeling absolutely or feeling epic and grand like Shimamura and Uematsu, and for the experimental music nerdy side, that's where Mick Gordon comes in. But these just sort of felt almost like stock music to me. The Halo theme feels great. The like the choir theme that you hear in the menus and stuff, that's awesome. But oh, yes. like the battle mm-hmm. themes where they have like the uh, electric guitar and stuff in orchestral which just uh, just doesn't jive with me. Mm-hmm. Um it just felt uh, underwhelming. And then yeah. the story. I always thought Halo was known for its story. I I I guess it is, but and I heard that Halo Reach is a prequel. So I figured, okay, if we start with this one, then maybe we would understand the story more when I eventually get uh, Combat Evolved and we play that. But they keep tossing around terms like... Uh, they keep talk- tossing Covenant, around all the of reach, these terms. Yeah, and... Military, we, I assume, terms. Military terms. Oh, oh Dark 30. Oh, Dark 30, we must... We must extract the the hyperspace beam from the Covenant at Planet Reach type jargon. And I know what Reach is. I know what the Covenant are. But uh, I guess it Halo almost seems like you have to read a book to understand well, its... There's uh, 29 books. I know, yeah, you need, yeah, there's you like 29 books game, of game Halo books. And then play through. And the thing I feel is, like is I that, need to play the first game. Yeah, I That's feel like I, I need to play like the first game, game to understand it more. And usually, in a visual medium like video games, it's show. Don't tell. I feel like I'm being told a bunch of stuff and not shown anything. And now, that isn't to say what we're being shown isn't beautiful, because it's gorgeous. The, the world design, uh, even though the, the graphics are outdated... The is great. The art direction just sells it. Yeah, like... That's, that's one other thing that's really good about this game. And hot take, I think this game looks better than Halo Infinite, the new game that was announced. Because <laughs> oh, don't even talk about that disgusting trash. <laughs> Halo Infinite it. looks like, uh, I guess the endearing part of it is that it looks like a fun toy box, which <laughs> that's in that's that's fun. Calling Halo back to Infinite looks days. fun. It looks fun. Halo Reach looks serious, and. I guess I'd like a mixture of both. Fun and serious. Mm-hmm. Like Doom. And yeah, yeah I, I, we're going to play more of it. And I want mm-hmm. to get it. 
I want to get it because Halo was a train that I missed and I want and I want to understand it so bad. I feel like definitely for you to start at game one, though, I know you don't like the slow pace. So like the Halo series, it's just if, you, if the I, slow th- pace I can too much I can work with it, you, though, yeah. like I can work with right, it because one of my favorite shooters, definitely. one of my favorite shooters is Half-Life 2 and Half-Life mm. 2 is really slow, but yeah, it just felt good to play. And the story was good. And the so engine. the physics engine was great. That's why it felt good to play. And the music was incredible. I love the music in Half-Life 2. Oh, but yes. um, yeah, the drum and bass soundtrack is so good. And yeah, I think I will get it eventually. I want to get it so bad. The multiplayer is so much fun. Oh, um, yeah. oh my goodness. It's yeah. crack. <laughs> Again, but I sort of feel like I should have grown up with this game to understand it more. Like, if I, was, if I grew up with an Xbox, I probably wouldn't be in love with Mario as much as I am. Yeah. Or if I had grown up with an Xbox, I probably wouldn't be in love with Crash Bandicoot as much as I am. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, or Sonic the Hedgehog, even though Sonic did come out on Xbox, but he wasn't really an Xbox <laughs> yeah. guy. He was a Nintendo, Sega, PC. Is that Sonic mm-hmm. or Sex I see in the distance? Mm. Oh no! <laughs> We're gonna talk that, about that was the Sonic experience that Xbox players got. I, I definitely echo a lot of the things that Onion said from my uh, my love of movement shooters, the stuff like Doom, Titanfall Two, which I desperately want to get next time it's on sale. <laughs> um, yeah, it just did not click with me. Uh, I want to try the first game because that's the one I hear is the best. I hear Halo Three is the best, one. at least in terms of campaign. I hear Halo 3 is the best one, which I'm excited to try Halo 3. Halo Reach <laughs> just felt really underwhelming. But um, yeah. we're gonna, I'm going to beat it. I'm gonna beat Halo, we're going to beat Halo Reach. going to finish it front to back. And each game in the Master Chief Collection is only like 10 bucks. So yeah. it's, gonna, it's not that, that deep of an investment. At some so, point, I'll get so the rest of them. We'll get Even the rest if now. Halo Reach wasn't exactly a good uh, selling point. But I did want to say the highlight of our playthrough was... Uh, when we decided to call it quits because it was getting late, but we were there. Was a big army, uh, a bunch of a uh, bunch of like army trucks and vehicles. We like jump over an exploding bridge, and then the guys behind us try to attempt the same thing, and they fall right off. And you hear the Wilhelm scream. That Just was like... hilarious. <laughs> we then we went. This game uh, turned into a cartoon. We're done. We're done. Highlight of the, the playthrough. Yeah. We should have caught, uh, so caught that so, on video. We should have caught that on video. Well, I mean, it was a cutscene. Yeah. It's just a reaction so, we missed. Uh, Reach I'm not going to make a judgment on it yet. Like, not going to make a judgment yet. I'm mixed. I'm mixed on it. I'm like, very Some mad. of it comes down to my taste. And He's I'm, I think it's like low stash. Like low stash. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Definitely like a not low, trash, stash. low stash. Okay. It's definitely not trash. There's so much effort put into it. The production value is so high. And that's something I could admire. It just mostly comes yeah. down to what I want out of a game, out of what a, I want out of a shooter. Mm-hmm. Halo, mm-hmm. as of right now, from my first experience, is not that. So I have to accept that. Mm. And I want to love it. You can tell right now, I. I want to love it so bad, but I don't know. Like I said, uh, uh, get your nails, get your crucifixes out, 
uh, we are uh, if the Halo fan base might as well be the Roman army because we're 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 going to be crucified for. I mean, they're always going to be at your door. You guys are PS. You guys are PS4 dudes. PS PlayStation guys. We're we're PlayStation guys. Door. We're Nintendo PC PlayStation guys. The coffin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, hey, I don't know. Too, Maybe Gears of War is good. Maybe right. Gears of War is good. That's the other Xbox exclusive. You, yeah, it's, no, it's exact. Yeah, they they're both very continuous games. Like you have to play the first one to understand the story, or yeah. read the books if you want to understand. Gears of War is way faster, and it's by Epic Games, and Epic Games made Unreal Tournament, which that's fast. Hmm. Fortnite's pretty fast, so I guess I'll enjoy mm-hmm. Gears of War when we get when I eventually get Gears of War. Yeah, maybe Gears that's, Five. I forgot the Epic Games were around for a while, and they made Gears of War. Epic Games has been around. For Epic Games was like id software. Like as an id software fanatic, I always and whenever I look at Tim Sweeney, like I never see him as the egomaniacal Mr. Richie Rich evil person that media's turned media's turned him to be, even though he can be that sometimes. I always <laughs> I always associated him as like a geeky shy programmer because he was the creator of the Unreal Engine. Geeky He's shy a, maniacal programmer. Mm-hmm. Cool yeah, he's a he's the, he was the de- lead developer of the Unreal Engine. So, Kingdom Hearts Four, Kingdom Hearts Three was powered by code written by Tim Sweeney, like it or not. <laughs> <laughs> as well as Bulletstorm, Bioshock Infinite, Gears of War, all the Arkham games, all the Arkham games. So, oh yeah, you played a Sweeney game at one point. So then, there, <laughs> I have a a so. I don't see him as a Bobby Kotick, even though he probably makes more money than Bobby Kotick now. <laughs> and, uh, well, please distribute your wealth. Therefore, everyone can like you. <laughs> Both massively you overpaid, but massively overpaid. We have gone lo- way over time. Yeah, we've gone. We, we can't even talk about poetry, which is fine because mm-hmm. I didn't write poetry. Ab-lib. We're going to have to skip the. Well, it was all about ad libbing. It was going to be improv poetry. But oh, yeah, I know. We, at this point, we just got to. Sorry, guys, no poetry this week. Sorry, guys, oh, I ran out uh, of time. It looks like we didn't read the lines. Mm-hmm. It's throwing on Mount Fuji. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Next, next time, we'll have, uh, we'll have a little bit of ad-lib poetry, but this time I'll actually prepare some Mad-lib poetry, so that Mad- ought to be fun. Ooh, we would do Mad-libs? Look forward to that. Yes, oh, Mad-lib yes. poetry. But anyways, okay. thanks for listening. Uh, have a good night. We're, we're going to go ahead and fade out here. Sleep tight. Don't let the bed bugs bite. Oh no, the Halo fans. They're here!